Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Weird. You're single. Yeah. Why is that? You're adorable. <laughs> You're entertaining for sure. You can also be a bitch. <laughs> I was actually really hoping to make Jay cry. Tell uh, me about your dead father. <laughs> oh, this is all I could have ever dreamed of. And yeah, I'm not judging. It's I'm gross. just saying. It's weird. They didn't traumatize you? You don't talk about they that? They definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask me that. <laughs> it's not that weird. All right, y'all, here's the deal. <laughs> I just got home from Nashville. I have like half a voice right now. Um, hey, actually, shout out to the people who I did meet in Nashville, who I probably definitely drunkenly told to listen to my podcast. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the shit show, man. It's gonna be a good episode. Even when I'm drinking, I'm still hustling. I'm still promoting. So welcome. Um, let me keep this intro real short and sweet because my voice hurts. This episode, y'all, I love this dude. I've loved this dude for a while. We're like, as he says, the closest not friends because we never see each other. We talk rarely, but every time we do talk, it's like it, it's like we're of the same brain, like on the same wavelength. You know, everybody's got those people. He is um, a treat to talk to. And you know what? This conversation does jump around a lot. <laughs> I listened back to it when I was editing it and I was dying at the way that we went from talking about literally coffee which you're going to hear. We're going to talk about coffee, the weather, and then uh, we end up talking about porn and losing our virginities and religion. <laughs> Just like the most, I don't know, I guess like not surface level things. It's it's funny and it's a good conversation and I know you're going to fall in love with him the way that everybody falls in love with him because he is so goddamn charismatic. His music, he's a, he's a musician. It is also featured in this episode. You're going to hear it in a couple seconds, but yes, please help me welcome the very talented, the very funny Josh Lowe. exactly know how to introduce you because I don't exactly remember how we met or even when the last time I would have saw you would have been. Well, last time you saw, we went out for faux. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that was probably last summer. I don't yeah. know, a long time ago. I, I have but, a bad memory. <laughs> but yeah, we don't hang out enough. No, I know. Okay, so how did we meet? Because I don't You don't, exactly you don't remember. remember. Okay, so. Remind me. It was Comic-Con. Okay. Yes, there I you go. <laughs> I do remember this. Yeah. I was aware of who you were because of a friend. You were a friend of a friend or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, yeah, at Comic-Con, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how we bonded? I do. And you know what? Okay, we can't say it, but <laughs> we were talking shit about somebody. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So the first thing I wrote down, because this is just something I find interesting about you, you don't drink alcohol or coffee. Coffee? Says, you, says you, who? I feel like we talked about this once that you don't drink. You do drink coffee? Yeah. Oh. Like I'm an iced coffee fiend. Really? Yeah. I feel like we had a conversation where you said that you don't drink coffee. 
I don't know. Anyway, it, it might have been in my pre-coffee phase before I had my eyes opened. <laughs> I don't know how people do life without coffee. I also wake up at four o'clock in the morning, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's part of me now. I've had like three today, Amazing. <laughs> and it's only what ten forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's just where I'm at. Okay, so, but you don't drink alcohol, which is interesting. Um, do you? No? No. What's no. the other thing I don't do? Do you know? You don't smoke weed? I don't do anything. No. So Any vanilla. So vanilla. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's funny because you get involved in the punk scene and the hardcore scene and everyone just kind of assumes yeah. you're into that kind of thing. And I'm, I think I'm like the only one who's not. Who just doesn't drink. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't drink, doesn't yeah. smoke. I don't put anything up my nose. You no, know, it's like, good. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a good little boy and I'm going to go to heaven and you won't. <laughs> Because of all the, all the weed we're smoking and all the alcohol we're consuming. All you you pot smokers. Uh, all of us pot smokers. Okay. Well, um, the coffee thing was what I found most interesting because I just I'm so fascinated when I talk to people who don't drink coffee. I'm like I don't know how you did this. I think I started drinking it in college and then after that it was just like game over. For me, it was a couple. So I work in Leamington too. Yeah. So it was a couple months into that the waking up at four a.m. to get to work yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And just you know you need a little boost and. Uh-huh. Suddenly it tastes good and suddenly you, you, feel need like it. You, you feel like you can't function without one. I know. I'm yeah. actually reading a book um, by this guy named Michael Pollan. It's called This Is Your Mind on Plants. And it's like he separates it into three parts about like like two of them are psychedelics, but one of them is caffeine. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how like caffeine is a plant derived substance and uh, how it's a drug and stuff. And I was like, wow, we are really fucking ruled by coffee. Like the way that we withdraw from it, like within hours, it's insane. It's I mean, we could talk about that forever, but that's not very interesting. I'm just reading a book about it because I'm like, <laughs> okay, so we'll start. So, yeah, we met at Comic-Con. I've known who you are for a while. You play, you do music. You do all kinds of stuff. Um, I feel like I've, we've gotten together maybe like four or five times, maybe max. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, it's wild because I feel like I know you so well for somebody who, like, I don't see or talk to all that often. Yeah, we're like the tightest not friends right? ever. But anyway, so – I think like twice now when you and I have interactive, it has been with your mom. Your mom has been around for them. I remember seeing her one time with you by the river, and I feel like another time somewhere oh, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that protest was the march after after George Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I've met your mom. Obviously, you and your mom are very close, right? Yeah, she rocks. Your mom is very cool. From the few times that I've met her, she seemed like a real homie. So. Is your entire family close, or is it kind of just you and your mom, or? Yeah, no, so it's just my mom and I that live in Windsor. Yeah. Um, I was born up in Owen Sound. My mom grew up pretty close to there, too, and her whole family stayed there. She moved here, I don't know, like 25 years ago, because mm-hmm. um, she had just had me, and she wanted to get a decent job, mm-hmm. and so she went to Chrysler like an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not an idiot. Well, I, you're right. No, Not it, at the time, especially. Especially at the time, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's been there for almost 30 years, so... Within the next decade, she's going to get out. And I'm pretty sure she's going to move to Arizona. Really? And, yeah, because she loves the desert. It's crazy. Is your dad in the picture at all? Or So, like, I mean, he's not not in the picture. I get I'm, it. <laughs> like, I know who he is, where he is, and I can contact him whenever. Um, it's just a, he's – we've had kind of a disconnected relationship my whole life. So when I was younger, I would go to f- visit him probably three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get older and you get busy and – you know, I work a full-time job. Yeah. I have other things here. Yeah. Um, it's just tricky to, to coordinate a time to go see him, especially when there's not really that much effort being reciprocated. I get that, yep. So, you know, I'm sure if I needed something, I could hit him up, but, you know, we're doing okay. Yeah. 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 
Well, that's interesting. So he's in Owen Sound then. So actually, no, he lives just outside of Hamilton oh. in a small little area called Freelton. Shout out Freelton for those <laughs> who know. Um, yeah, like he's he's always kind of been away too. So even when I go up to Owen Sound to visit my family, like it's not. Yeah, he's not up there. So yeah, yeah I don't know. They're so you don't have any siblings? So he has two kids. Okay, so half siblings. Um, so I have half siblings, and then he remarried. So I have a stepbrother. But I don't know. Like I, I'm a pretty big proponent of like building your own family. Oh, totally. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. So yeah. my best friend has two sisters, and both the sisters have kids, and those kids call me Uncle Josh. So yeah. you know, throughout the years, and with our with how close we are. Um, that's kind of become my family. You oh, know? Yeah. So if there's a Thanksgiving when I can't make it up north, they'll be like, all right, just come spend it with us. And it's not weird. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's cool. I love that. I No, your chosen family is very, very important. I've always said that. And no, it is, I, I like being considered like an aunt or an uncle to like kids that really have no technical ties to me because I had those growing up. Like I have an uncle who was just my dad's best friend who was just around all the time. And I think about that too with like Jenna and her son and how important he is to me and the way that she talks about me as if like I am just in his life for good. Like I like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, like I'm sure like I'm constantly posting my nieces and my nephews. So there, there's... Four of them, there's Madeline, there's Claire, Emmett, and Theodore, <laughs> and they're all six and under. So they're mm-hmm. in, like, the prime age of, like, being cute and cool but and not fun. having opinions yet. Yes. So they can't argue with you. Or a real attitude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. they, they've definitely got an attitude. Shout out Clarice. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's fun because I remember kind of remember being their age mm-hmm. and I remember what I liked and didn't like. And now I'm like, aha, <laughs> I get to be the cool uncle now. Mm-hmm. Mom's saying no. I'm saying yes, you can have 10 more cookies. Let's go. (laughs) I know. I love it. I love being an aunt. It's the best. This is why I don't need to have kids because I have so many great relationships with these little kids and they love me. And I'm like, God, this is enough for me. You can give them back at the end of the day. I do get to give them back. It's my favorite thing. I've always said that. I've been an aunt since I was six years old, though. So I uh, aunt on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just not even a thing to me (laughs) anymore. It's just so fun. Um, So these siblings that you have, are you close with them or? Uh, No, not really. Like, same thing. I'm in contact. I think we're Facebook friends. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Is that weird? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Like, I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's a different mentality, right? Because even though I know I'm related to them, um, we haven't been close since we were kids, right? So for me, it's more like just, I feel like Facebook is the platform for people you kind of know anyway. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with that, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> you know, I care a lot about them. And if they ever needed anything, they could hit me up. But yeah. we're all adults. We're all kind of living our separate lives. So yeah. I'm sure we'll get back together eventually. But Yeah. I mean, as long as there's no, like, animosity, which I'm sure there's not. I, that's just me projecting. But, I mean. Zero uh, beef. Yeah. Good. That's good. Sometimes it's cool to just, like, being neutral with people is the most adult thing in the world. But it's. It's not easy. No, it's, it's hard as fuck. Really not easy to be neutral with people. Cause like it's literally like the Sims. Somebody can do something minor and yeah. then the minus sign pops up yeah. above your head. Yeah. And you suddenly think less of them or like you feel like, Wait a, a minute, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> this literally, interaction. Literally, it's like, oh Obviously. wow, they, they were rude to a waitress. Wow, guess you suck. That's it. Yeah. You know? Well that that's a valid <laughs> that <laughs> is a valid judge of character, I will say. But prefers paper straws over plastic. <sighs> minus. Sleeps with socks on, sociopath. Absolute sociopath. I don't want to talk about it. There's 
no redemption after that. Real question. Uh, do you sleep with a fan on? Of course I do. Yeah? In the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. I don't care. The fan is on all the time. And lately, uh, my new thing is I got a humidifier. Oh, wow. So the humidifier is right next to the fan. That's so. what I need. I'm sure you can hear that I'm not in great shape today. Is it today. seasonal stuff? Um, I don't know. Something's up with my throat. but I hear that this year, this is so fun that we're talking about the weather now, but I hear <laughs> that this year it's really, really bad because our earth is dying and we're killing it. Yeah, the planet is heating up so fast. And because, yeah, it's so hot already that um, we're getting, like, people who don't usually get seasonal allergies are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, let's let's go back. So it's just you and your mom. Yep. Again, very cool lady. Mm-hmm. I think she's very cool. Shout out Barb. Shout out Barb. It's always a Barb. It's always bad bitch Barb. She's the best. <laughs> so um, your mom, it was just the two of you, and, and, like, living in the same house, just the two of you. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really know any different, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> Um, it was cool. You know, it, it's weird because when you spend so much time in a small space with one person, yeah, it's inevitable that you grow close, but it's also inevitable that there's a lot of conflict, mm-hmm. especially as one person is growing up and developing their own ideas and, you know, their own personalities and, yeah. and going through the things that people go through as mm-hmm. they're turning into adults. Mm-hmm. So there there was like a rough patch of a couple of years where we could not see eye to eye on anything really and you know there was a and there's a lot that like not to get like too deep into it but she has a lot of generational trauma and i have to unlearn a lot of that yeah and kind of you know try to try to help her through that too because you know there's a lot of unhealthy behavior that's been perpetuated for literally generations right and so we're working to unpack that and (laughs) we have we have way more good days and bad days but You know, there's always work to do. And so, you know, I feel so similarly with my mom. My uh, dad moved to Peterborough when I was probably about 10. Actually, I don't don't know how old I was, but it was kind of like a really important time period because I have three older sisters and they were all living out. And then my dad took my one sister who I was closer to closest to with him. And um, when he left, like I was 10 and he was gone for a couple of years. And so it was a very formative time. And I was in this house with my step family and just felt so alone. And I felt like my mom wasn't on my side. And so there was like a good period where we just like the way I don't want to say the way she was parenting me because who am I to judge? But just the way we were interacting with each other was not good. Um, and within the past few years in particular, I've really realized like just how much that really sucked of me. <laughs> like I was a real fucking asshole for no reason, probably between the ages of like 10 to 14. That early teenage <laughs> shit though. But, uh, but the same thing is like that's like you said, it's a really formative time. right? Yeah. You're, it's so minor, but you're going out of grade school. You're yeah. getting ready to go into high school. Yeah. Um, you're becoming a teenager and like obviously puberty starting, all yeah. the hormones are just flowing. Yeah. I'm in a house with people, my step siblings who are, we're similar in age. So we're constantly in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. My dad's gone and all I can think is, oh my God, I just want my dad to be here because my dad wouldn't be parenting me this way. Right. But at the end of the day, I it would have been a shit show in its own way, mm-hmm. like in a, just a different way. Yeah. I still would have been an asshole just to somebody else. And that's the thing too, is, you know, uh, growing up like with just the two of us, there wasn't anybody to like take a side in like an argument. Yeah. So there wasn't anybody or even to find a middle ground to be like hey this is what you're right about this is what you're right about shut the hell up yeah but yeah and we're both really really stubborn and (laughs) we're both uh we're both good at being mean which is not good but like condescending yeah like i don't know we're we're i don't know but at the end of the day man like my mom's always kind of been my biggest supporter through we've been through a lot i was a problem child Mm -hmm. yeah um when i got to high school i sat down with the vice principal and she looked at my record, and I had been suspended like the third most times she'd ever seen in grade school. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so lots of behavior issues. Um, shout out ADD, you know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so so you know, as I was growing up, and this is something I I had to realize too. Like as I'm growing up, so is she. Oh, totally. You know, she didn't have me like two. She she was 28 when she had me, but okay. still, that's. Like a young adult. Sure. Like I'm 24 and I'm like, oh my God. I know. My yeah. mom had my sister when she was 22. It's insane. Uh, ugh. When I think about it, ugh. But anyway, anyway, yeah. And so okay. she, she had to grow up and she had to kind of learn how to navigate the waters. And raising a kid on its own, hard as fuck. Mm. Raising a kid who literally cannot function like other people, yeah. you know, just I'm sure it was a nightmare. And, and by herself too, right? Yeah, and that, that's yeah. it too. Especially... You know, she could call her parents for advice and stuff, but they're so far away. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's so, so disconnected. But Yeah, she was really doing it very independently. I can, yeah, I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah, so honestly. <laughs> she did a good job, I think, you know, like we mentioned, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs. And I'm very polite to waitresses. So I think you're very polite in general. Oh, sure. I think you're a very polite person. That's that's definitely something that I would have noticed about you. You're a very personable person. You're very charismatic. That's not a secret. It's very well known. You think so? I do think so. <laughs> I know that. Um, which is why you're here, right? Okay, so it was just the two of you. Did your mom ever talk to you about sex, or did you just kind of like not really? That? So like. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope she does. So not really, because the issue is like when I was younger, like I said, I would spend time at my dad's place as a kid and I had like my siblings are older than me. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed to porn when I was probably like six years old. Oh, I was very young. Too. Yeah, very and, young. And so from that age, like I kind of just knew I never needed to talk because I generally understood it. Okay. Um, but what I'm really thankful for is that my grade school put us through like a pretty comprehensive sex ed uh, program. Really? Yeah. Like we had actual people from like, I don't know if it was the health unit or if it was, I don't know, uh, what, what's that program downtown for the teens? The, I don't the know. sexual health clinic, I think maybe. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But we had people from that come to talk to us about, you know, sex and sexuality. And this was in like really? probably. Probably the seventh grade. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're not that different in age, right? How old are you? I'm 24. Okay. Yeah. I'm 24 too. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're 98 though, right? Yep. I'm 97. Okay. Oh, wow. Old. <laughs> um, I know. What so was the old. war like, Grandma? <laughs> listen, um. I'm pretty sure I'm the cutoff age for Gen Z. So I'm like, <laughs> listen, I am the oldest of this little group of fuckers. So you got it. <laughs> I feel like grade eight and I'm watching the kindergartners. But anyway, but yeah, um, so we... that's interesting because so we had the health unit come to us too, um, but they were only there to talk about like STDs specifically. There was no conversation about sexuality. At all. See, like, I don't know what was different for us. Yeah. Because I, Essex. We were, we were part of the same school board, though. Like, I went to school at McCallum, which is now Ford City, next to Herman. Oh, but, you're from Essex. Yeah, yeah I'm from Essex. Yeah, right? that'll but, And we did that in high school, though. We didn't do that in grade school. Oh, see, yeah, I don't know. Like, grade seven, they came in and we, we talked about, like, the different kinds of sex. And they talked about condoms. And they talked about, hmm. like... Yeah. I and, love that. And it was really funny because at the time, like, it's a bunch of 13-year-olds mm -hmm. being like, ha-ha, penis, but, like... The, the banana. Yeah, yeah, and, but... Did they have the wood thing? It was no. not a banana. So they, for us, it wasn't... Sorry, I should probably come up to the mic. It was not a banana. They had, like, a wooden sphere. Oh, for the condom? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and then we passed it around, and it was interesting. But anyway, okay. Yeah, but it was, That's like... That's great. Yeah, it was actually, like, really informative, and they talked about gay people and, and bi people and the risks of sex with people yeah. unprotected. And, like, you're 13, so you're not taking it seriously, but yeah. that, that knowledge is being yeah. implanted in your mind. So, you know, years later, like, I still remember some of that stuff. So I didn't talk about it with my mom. I think, you know, she grew up in a town even smaller than Essex. Yeah. And so I think in that very white bread, you know, yeah. closed off rural community, talking about sex was pretty taboo. Yeah. 
And even now, like I'm an adult and like we're still it's still not really a topic. Yeah. No, no. I, and and um, I'm not I'm not criticizing at all, because honestly, most of the people I ask that question to, they say, no, the only person so far who has said yes was the sex therapist mm-hmm. who I interviewed. That was a great episode. Oh, my God. It was so thank you. It was so good. She was amazing. But anyway, I, a lot of people, my parents didn't talk to me about it. I remember my mom making a couple of comments about sex in general. It was never a hidden thing in my house. Like my parents are pretty, I don't want to say physical, that sounds bad, but they're, my, sorry, I say my parents is in my mom and my stepdad. They've been together for 20 years um, and I live with them. So they, uh, not that they did gross stuff in front of us, but they certainly didn't hide how they felt about each other and they were, are very attracted. Oh, I feel so weird saying all this, but I'm happy. Like in retrospect, I am happy because it's not like it was a shameful thing necessarily. Like the shame that came from sex was kind of something that like came from my peers and not so much the way. And even like my oldest sister got pregnant when I was six and she was 16. So it's not like it was a big, oh, the baby just showed up. Like, like no, it was, right, you know, right. it wasn't a secret. And so I appreciate that kind of exposure. And even when I say like, no, I remember seeing porn very, very young, like very young on um, the movie channel when it would come on after all the movies. I don't know <clears throat> what it's like for girls to like see porn. Like how how are you, it was just on like the TV? Uh, yeah, I remember um, thinking it was definitely like an interesting spectacle. Probably the first time I probably freaked out and changed it really quick. Yeah. Um, but I also, again, I had step siblings. So I feel like there was a, even a point where my stepsister and I were kind of viewing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Together, yeah. That's a thing I, I remember. Do. That's like oh, nobody talks about that. Like people just watch porn together. Oh, oh, like as adults, sure. But as children, and and like not even in like, a, oh my god, I have to show you this like crazy shit. It was more so like it was just on, and so we were just staring at it. We knew we weren't supposed to be. Right. Um. I don't want to like ex- like um give any of her how she might have viewed this because I don't know. But I remember thinking it was like so interesting and so like like I wanted to watch it up until like the actual penetration oh, part. Yeah. And then I was like. Oh my God, no! Like it felt so invasive, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I mean, you, again, you like become like desensitized to it, almost to a point. And then it's like, oh no, you understand this is just something that happens, and obviously they're enjoying it. But I remember it was always like, so the movies would would be on until like eleven o'clock at night, we'll say maybe midnight, and then softcore porn would come on. Oh yeah, and then the and more then like the, the real, real stuff. Deal, yeah. yeah. So I remember the softcore stuff being like, this feels like a movie because they really it's very they don't theatrical, show anything, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah. yeah, they do a good job at that, I guess. But that's that's what I remember my first introduction um, to porn being like. And again, I was very, very young. Um, Did that affect your relationship with sex when you first started having sex with people? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I. Uh, so the person, when I, <laughs> this is fun, let's just talk about losing our virginity. Why not? When I lost my virginity, it was, I was in high school. Um, and I know that it was like, fun like like it wasn't like uh I don't think it necessarily maybe it did affect maybe that's exactly what I'm saying is that I became so desensitized to it and I remember just being such a sexual child maybe it was because of the early porn exposure that it just it wasn't this like crazy life-altering shocking thing to me and maybe that's a bad thing but I also think it's not because I don't look back on it like with like disgust or anything like that or like it wasn't a traumatizing experience by any means at all god he cried I didn't cry (laughs) I'll expose him for that because he did a lot of really shitty things afterwards. He was a very bad boyfriend. And that's my story. Amazing. Welcome to It's Not That Weird. It's 
never that weird. I wish I, did. I could do a better job of explaining it, but I would never do that without like asking him if I could say that first. Not important. Anyway, okay, so your mom and you, she d- didn't necessarily talk to you about sex, but you were aware of it, mm-hmm. which is a fine thing. It's Yeah, really, like I figured it out. Yeah, and, and that's good. I do like, like even my niece, I find she is very curious and she asks questions that like I think most kids her age or at least when I was her age I wouldn't have been comfortable asking an adult but I love that like I love that she I don't think it's just that she has that kind of curiosity I think that this like generation this new they're good with asking questions or they uh, the ones I hope feel comfortable enough around certain adults to ask does she just approach you with those questions or is it in general she's very inquisitive in general Okay. She is. She's so fucking smart, too. Like, the, the kinds of questions that she asks and the way that she talks and words things, it's like, seven-year-olds don't talk like that. That's what I'm noticing, too. Like, I feel, like, even now, I feel like I'm just a dipshit. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, like, I know. these kids are asking questions. I'm like, how did you even think of that? I know. Like, I forget what uh, Madeline asked me, but um, Madeline is recently diagnosed autistic, so already her brain works differently than mm-hmm. other people's, which... Yep, I get it. Sure. Um, but man, like out of nowhere, she'll ask something and it's so profound and yeah. so just like brilliant. Yeah. And then immediately she's like, let's watch Paw Patrol. I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> going on? We gotta go on? back to that. <laughs> Literally. Because like, you might have some kind of Einstein something. Oh, it's, kids are amazing. So you're not with anybody right now, right? No. No? No. You looked up for a second when you made me think. I, I had Maybe to think. I was like, I, well, I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> you're not seeing anybody right now, No, right? not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sure you understand the situation. Like, people think you're flirting, but like, I'm just like okay looking and talking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not. I, I fucking somebody tweeted that just hot and talking. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> that okay? Yeah, he is hot and talking. Oh my god, you all, all the time, right? Oh, so my. many of these men. I went to watch Elvis last night. How was it? Was it sick? I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was so good. I understand why people take issue with it. Of course. Um, of course. I understand why people don't like the glorification of some of the things that he's done. And I, it's also, in a way, corny. In the way that music biopics are corny. In yeah. the way that Baz Luhrmann films are corny. Mm. I love them, though. <laughs> I do not care. That Romeo and Juliet, that fucking Moulin Rouge, I love it. Like, I saw it last night, and as we left the theater, the guy I was with was like, did you like it? And I said, it was good. I need to think about it. And then I'm going throughout my day going, that movie was fucking amazing. It was <laughs> so good. It, and he did such a good job. Anyway, I gotta, I gotta find somebody who wants to go see Jurassic World with me. Yeah, I hear it's not good. <laughs> That's okay. There's a T-Rex. How bad can it I be? Know, you're right. <laughs> it's just inherently good because of Jeff Goldblum. So yeah, I don't care. Um, no, but anyway, so we're watching Elvis, and I was like, that is the kind of man. Austin Butler is the kind of man who you just assume is is flirting with everybody because he's just so pretty have you <laughs> like, seen any of his interviews oh my god oh yes. my god like yes. just charisma pouring out of him oh. and it's not like it i don't even think it's intentional no i think I, it's just how he is i think he's just hot and talking yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's like anything he's he said with jimmy kimmel <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah he's an example of how you just assume sometimes that beautiful people are being right and flirty. that's that's not to say that i think i'm beautiful i think like <laughs> you should everybody should well you're right but let's not do <laughs> that <laughs> um <laughs> okay so you're not seeing anybody that's great is there a reason why are you looking are you just kind of vibing um th- i think that's the best way to put it like vibing. i'm kind of just vibing like <laughs> my my i don't know like anything you do if it's forced it's not gonna work mm-hmm. and i don't think 
that there's any difference with romance or if you have just a sexual relationship with someone, if it's forced, it's unnatural yeah. and it won't feel good. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like the doors open, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody comes through that, that makes me feel a certain way or, or, you know, we, we do whatever we're going to do. That's fine. I'm not closed off to it. It's yeah. just, um, the timing isn't right. Sure. You know, so I'm sure within the next 10 years, I'll be some cool, famous, rich rock star. <laughs> I'll have no problem meeting people now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So are you on, like, dating apps or anything like that? No, because or... here's the issue. Like, and this goes back to what I just said. Um, I don't think I'm bad looking, but I think that I'm maybe like a seven and Tinder is designed for tens. You know what I mean? Tinder is a game. It's well, a visual game. Well, here's the thing. Like, for girls, I feel like it's a little bit easier because mm-hmm. men, I think, are more desperate <laughs> and maybe more more willing to just swipe right on whoever. I know many men who open Tinder and they don't ever swipe left. They just write, 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 and write, see, write, write to see what happens. To me. That's like um, you're pay- playing an easy game. Yeah, but then I feel like – You're playing game, the game on easy. Maybe this is an assumption, but I – I would imagine women are probably more selective mm-hmm. with who they're matching no, with. No, actually, there's that, like been studies about this. Women will swipe right maybe 35% of the time, but men will swipe right like 80% of the time. And that's something crazy. Like that. and, yeah. and it's so oversaturated, too, because like, oh, totally. I would imagine that the ratio of men to women on those apps is incredibly disproportionate. I would imagine you're right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And after a while, like... This will sound silly, but it started making me like feel like shit. You oh know my what god! I mean? like, no, I'd be on those silly. ass, and I would like swipe for I don't know, maybe like ten minutes, mm-hmm. and I would literally hit the end of the line and be like, "You're out of matches." And I'm like, "I just went through a hundred people, and not yeah. one of them thinks I'm cute. What the fuck is oh. that?" <laughs> so, so I stopped because yeah. it was upsetting me. But. Yeah, especially with Tinder too, because yeah, the the motion of it is just so. So I haven't been on Tinder in a long, long time, but my friend, some of my friends are, and so I love to. To me, it is a game, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when it's mm-hmm. their love life. I'm like, "Give me, give me." Yeah, literally, um, it, it, no consequences for me. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Give me. My favorite thing to do um, is to refine people's dating profiles so like my best friend Vanessa she's newly single and she's on dating apps um and the one day she like showed me a tinder and I was like oh baby I don't mean like I didn't change it totally I rearranged some of the photos and um deleted a like a she had too many I was like girl too many pictures not that I even consciously have all these rules in my head for how you're supposed to be on dating apps but you just know it's wrong when you see it and so like I changed I edited some of her bio and stuff something like that I love doing that I love refining. I'm not changing you. I'm editing you. <laughs> and, and especially like the way you're presenting yourself on a dating app is it's important and it also doesn't mean a fucking thing. So it's right. like whatever. Yeah. Um, but Hinge interests me. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going <laughs> to. Vanessa and I have a joke that we're going to make a joint account mm-hmm. and we're going to date together. Uh, not that we in any way have the same taste, but we'll have fun with it. Um, because Hinge has all of these like like uh, very detailed questions and like the audio feature of it too, I think is so cool. I won't do that because I'm afraid of the sound of my own voice. Yeah. So like I probably, I probably won't listen to this to be honest because I don't want to listen to myself talk. No. Um, even when we're in the studio. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll sing a line and yeah. everyone's like fire. And then I listen back. I'm like, that's tough. Yeah, I I get it. I really Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, like as much you're going to be your biggest critic, but you're also going to think that you're the funniest person in the world. You're the smartest person in the world. I literally am all of those things. Exactly. But it's because you're spending the most time with yourself. I always ask people, do you think you're a little bit better than everybody else? And usually they're like, oh, my God, no, I would never. I'm like, no, no, you should. (laughs) Genuinely, like like maybe not better, but I, I notice what 
I do better than other people. Yes, that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I notice where I'm more efficient than other people. Oh, totally. And yeah. where, I don't know, like we, we kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm a pretty big proponent of just treating people well in general. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, which should be natural, but for some reason a lot of people don't. You pick up uh, on it too when you notice people are not living with um, – others in mind or they're very much living in their own version mm-hmm. of the world and and that's what I think that when I say like oh I think I'm better than everybody and like I say that as a broad like I don't actually you know right. you get what I'm saying but it's more so that if I don't think I'm the most interesting person to me then who else am I gonna say is do you know what I mean like yeah. like you want me to idolize too literally and and you know you mentioned it you live with yourself yeah. So you even even your subconscious like you know everything about you. Yeah. And you also know when you fuck up. That's the important thing. That's the to know when you did something wrong is it's just as important as thinking that you're doing everything not everything right, but when you think you're the best, you have to know when you kind of slipped up there. Mm-hmm. And when you're not treating the people who matter well. Accountability is a really big thing and I'm I'm like, Nobody's got it though. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty stoked on like how I am with people. Good. Um when it comes to I guess accountability is the right word, but um, if I like fuck up, I'm pretty good at catching it right away and being like, Hey, I'm sorry. That's yeah. my bad. Yeah. That wasn't um, the best. Yeah. Especially with the band. Sure. It's four people. Mm-hmm. We spend so much time together. We're in, when we go away for shows, like we just played in Hamilton, I guess about a month ago and we've never been there before. You yeah. know, we had to get up early and drive up there and that was stressful for all of us, Yeah. you know? And I think it's important when you have friends uh, that you keep in mind that we're all people yeah. and we're all human and things are going to bother people yeah. that don't bother you. Yeah. And you got to be kind of willing to be like, hey, I, I recognize this, but let's kind of calm the fuck down. You yeah. know, I <laughs> they had to do it to me, but I also had to do it to to my drummer, Eric. I love you so much, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Just we, expose him. It's fine. We were we were loading our stuff onto the stage and the place we played in Hamilton is very tiny. It's literally like a room. Mm-hmm. And then. Kind of just around near the back of the room is the green room mm-hmm. where we just threw out all our guitars. So four bands had all their shit in there and it's really narrow. So yeah. we're trying to move our stuff onto the stage and Eric is just getting blocked by everybody. Mm. And he's trying to carry his cymbals and it stands and yeah. he's getting frustrated and he comes over and he, he started yelling at us. And he's like, like, thanks for the fucking help moving all this stuff. And I was like, hey, man, like, yeah. I understand why you're frustrated. There's a lot of different things happening right now. We have to set up our own stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, keep that in mind. And it, it and I was literally said, you haven't asked us for help. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't say something, mm-hmm. we don't know. And that goes for like a lot of other things too, right? If you don't speak yeah. up, people won't know. No, but, totally. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then like I literally watched it sink in and he went, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But that's good. It's good when people have that because so many people don't. Like mm-hmm. I've had so many people in my life who are like, well, this is just the way I am and you're going to have to deal with it. And it's like, mm. but if you love the people around you and you know it's a problem, at this point you're just being an asshole. That's, that's, and that's a really big thing we've seen over the past couple of years too, right? Is oh, people totally. just digging in their heels for, for no reason. For nothing. There's so many things where I'm like, why are you choosing to plant your flag on some of the most hateful shit in the world? Like, Literally. does it matter? Jesus Christ. I just, I said it and I was thinking about it when I was on the way here. When I talked to Vanessa, she's a very kind, sweet, um, non-judgmental. Like the only people she judges are the guys that I talk to. That's the only time she ever gets judgmental. She is never judgmental. Does she like like the Elvis guy? Uh, no. (laughs) I'm sure he'll love to hear that too. Um, (laughs) I'm going to cut that out. It's not important. Okay. Anyway, so Vanessa... She, um, Tori, do you have ADHD? I have had a lot of caffeine today. 
I probably do. Because I'm, I'm watching you do the things that I do. And like mine is without caffeine. So at least you have an excuse. Um, I have no idea what we were talking about. Vanessa. About. So Vanessa is very, <laughs> she's very non-judgmental. This is what happens all the time. She's very non-judgmental and I love her for that. And in the podcast, I was telling her when I interviewed her, I was telling her about, I was like, you taught me honestly to like see things way differently and I feel like I have realized that I'm not gonna hate somebody I don't know but I'm certainly gonna love somebody I don't know and I will always perpetuate that it's even the people who are strangers on Facebook who are saying the most fucking fucked up things in the world I'm not gonna hate them for that of course I'm not gonna like them I'm not gonna you know yeah whatever but I'm certainly gonna love the the video of the random TikTok of that dad doing that one thing like that drunk have you seen the video of the the one that just went viral was this dad very drunk at a wedding holding two sparklers and he's dancing and he accidentally lights one of the decorations on fire and it fully comes up in flames like huge and he's so drunk he just slides it off and steps on it It is so casual and he's like I love that man. He's probably maybe a terrible person. I don't care. Probably? It makes me feel good. So? Well, maybe he's not a terrible person. He's probably not, but it's possible. Um, it's possible not he is. Probable. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I meant. He's maybe there's always a possibility that these people that I love could be terrible, but I'd rather be wrong about that than to hate somebody and find out that they're like curing cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, that would mm-hmm. make me feel dumb. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> It's already 45 minutes in a minute. Okay. And we've got about 10 minutes of usable <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. This is great. Where we're at right now, I could probably get to some of the more quicker things. Um, but let's talk about, okay, are you are you religious or spiritual at all? No. I didn't think so. No. And, no. and here's the thing, like, if you are, that's great. Sure. You know, I'm happy you have something that you believe in and that you feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. You know, and there was a time period where I was like that angry atheist. I was like, ah, fuck you. God's not real. Yeah. And to be honest, sometimes I still feel like that. Like when I watch our neighbors to the south have their lives changed because of some people's religious beliefs, you know. You're talking about that all day. I know. And and I I won't because we could. (laughs) But uh, I think from my understanding, like religion is supposed to be something that's like deeply personal. You would think. And if it means a lot to you, it dictates how you live your life. Yeah. It shouldn't dictate how other people live their lives. There can be community in it. And of course, everybody, I always say, everybody needs hope. And if this is the specific, um, I don't have the right word for it, entity that uh, brings you hope or the story that brings you hope. Sure, the doctrines, whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck it is. um, Then, you know, that's great. But again, it's the whole, because of my belief, like I also believe that frogs are fucking assholes i hate frogs but do i expect everybody else to hate frogs and to kill frogs that's like a weird one tori it's a weird comparison but i really don't like frogs okay i know they have their purpose yeah just like religion does i'm sure but here's the thing like frogs <laughs> haven't caused most of the conflicts in human history <laughs> i'm not saying it's, <laughs> it's equal i'm just saying you know if you want to boil it down to really simple i understand like you have this thing that you feel strongly about yeah other people don't feel that way yeah yeah yeah. and i don't you know whatever i'm not better than anybody else i just think uh, frogs are fucking assholes yeah (laughs) but i don't know like whether you're religious or not like it's it's pretty objective that oh yeah a lot of the suffering caused in the world has been at the hands of organized religion, Mm -hmm. Uh, primarily Catholicism and Christianity. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing a lot of oppressive movements in other religions, too. Um, You know, like I said, it's one thing if you want to live your life that way. Mm -hmm. 
should not dictate how other people have to mm, do, no. have to And exist. you would think that would be part of religion, but you know, it's not Literally, really like about the 11th that. commandment, mind your fucking business, you know? Like, yeah. I wish. <laughs> mind I wish. your fucking business. That would, would be so good. <laughs> would have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, now we know when the fucking what do you call it? When the revised version of the Old Testament's coming out, the the King Josh Bible. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Okay, Um, okay. So yeah, you said you're not necessarily looking for a relationship, but you're open to it. Would you? I I love this question. Could you date someone ten years older than you? Yeah, I think it would depend a lot on where they're at in life. Sure. Like if they've already got like eight year old kids, not a chance. You can date somebody with kids. Well, with kids, not a problem, but like that, that kid's basically an adult already, <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. the thing, if you're, if you're 34, you had a kid eight years ago, you were 26. That's great. That's a good time to have a kid. Sure. I'm 24. I don't want a sudden eight year old. You know what I mean? Like, it, however, if, if I met somebody and I was like super into them and I knew that there was something really special there, that's not like a serious deal breaker, you Got know? You. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to know a secret? Of course. I think I slept with somebody who was like 18 or 19 years older than me a couple of years ago. I thought ago. you were going to say they were 18 or 19 years old, no, 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 no. Older than me, so. Wow. Yeah. You think. I don't, so, so I So you know you slept with them, you don't know how old they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you clarified. Um, <laughs> Listen, been there. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, because <laughs> it, was, it was like four years ago, so I was 20. Yeah, she's 18 years older than me. Wow. Yeah, and it rocked. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Ten stars on Yelp. <laughs> Ten, five. Come on, Max. Is it five, five on Yelp? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so um, do you want kids yourself? Yeah, I yeah? think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, because maybe, maybe it's just me projecting, like, the things I didn't get out of childhood that I want. Mm-hmm. But, like, I want to, like, do cool things for my kids, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know. It, it's selfish of me, because I know that the world we're living in, bringing kids into it is... is it's a heavy decision. You know what? It's not selfish, though, because um, I just finished reading this book. And in, like, the very last chapter, this girl who, like, her whole life says she doesn't want kids, she ends up getting pregnant. And she's happy about it. And she has this idea. She says, I'm of the very pessimistic belief that, like, this world is doomed and I haven't really thought about anything past this generation and I didn't want to contribute to it. But at the end of the day, people our age are going to keep having babies. There's going to be another full generation of babies. So if anything, it's just going to give me hope that there could be that, you know, there's better in the future. Yes, mm-hmm. we're fucked. And yes, the world keeps getting worse. But that was also said however many years ago True. by our parents. Yeah. But I also remember what I was like as a kid. And I can't imagine having to deal with like a, like me. Sure. Because kids are just a reflection of you. Oh, they can be not even a reflection, but they can be like a version that is so much worse Dude, like, <laughs> or so much better. You have to kind of believe yeah, that it could yeah, go either right. way. It is a bit of a gamble. You it is a gamble. Really... <laughs> <laughs> That's what having children is, is a gamble, I'm pretty sure. And even um, when you think you know, you don't know. But... but I don't know. Like, I remember what it was like growing up in like a single parent household. Yeah. And I don't want to have kids with somebody if if we just end up hating each other. Sure. You know, because sure. you shouldn't I, want to be in any situation where you think you could end up hating right, each other. Of course, of course. But like, yeah. that's the reality, you know, oh, especially totally. with young parents. Yeah. They, they meet and they date for a couple of years before the brains are fully developed. Mm-hmm. They have no fucking idea what they like and don't like. They no. just know that this one thing has felt good for a while. Sure. And then they have a kid and. You know, you see it so often. They break up, and then it's just constant shit talking. And imagine it what... can be. It can also be the opposite. Well, you're right. I you're don't right. have any examples of that, but I know that it's ha- it happens. Yeah. And um, I think that especially people, 
maybe I don't want to say our age, but this exactly what you said about the like trying to unlearn some specific things and, you know, therapy being so normalized and or as much as we can make it normalized, um, destigmatized, whatever that to to know that you would maybe be more responsible in your awareness of that kind of stuff and not passing that. Like I watched my sister and like uh, if somebody makes a comment about like, I don't know, just something that she doesn't want her kids to like think, she'll right away just be like, yep, but that's not the way it is for everybody or something like that. She will like address something very quickly, naturally and easy so that it's not a continued thing. Mm-hmm. The way it was a continued, it was something that we had to unlearn, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. And I feel like you see that more and more, but you also very much still see people who are, as you say, not fully developed or, again, I, I make all these judgments as somebody who doesn't want kids. So it's like... But you do see people having kids for reasons other than genuinely wanting to have kids, to fill a void, to enter a new phase in their life, we'll say, or something like that. It happens very often, I think. Um, um, but it's always been that way. But think about, like, like especially for me with, with my parents <clears throat> being separated from when I was, like, two years old, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and honestly, like... Like I mentioned, my dad and I aren't close, but my mom will just, like, say, like, mean things about him. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, like, stop. I get it. Yeah. You, you don't think very highly of But that's half of you. I, exactly. You are half of that. And then I'm like, I, know. I, I understand, but, like, still, man, like, that's my dad. Not that I'm going to, like, go to bat for him. Yeah. But, but, like, yeah. it's just, it's uncomfortable for me sure. to have one parent, you know? My parents have done that about each other. Yeah. Um, big time. And it took a lot for, um, a lot of saying, like, you got to stop. And, and really instilling how important it is. I understand the reality of who both of my parents genuinely are now. I understand why my mom might have said bad things about my dad and my dad might have said bad things about my mom. I understand that. But when it is said so maliciously and randomly, it's like it's it can be – and like all of a sudden I feel like I have to take the defense. And I don't want to have to take the defense with one of my parents. You know, I don't want to have to defend one of my parents to my other parent who I like, – you know, it sucks. Um, and it's it's common, but – you know, hopefully people start having babies with people they like. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my hope. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you one last final question that's deep. Okay. It's really deep. Do you feel as though you are living a meaningful life? And then after we will talk about your band. So maybe they relate. <laughs> I think the way I'm living is to establish a track for myself to move to what I will consider a meaningful life. Okay. Um, and I know we, we like jokingly mentioned the band, but that's something that's like really important to me, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I have never really been able to envision myself working like a normal job. Sure. Um, and obviously, you know, it's kind of like the best and worst time ever to be a, uh, an artist trying to make it because mm-hmm. there's, you know, so much accessibility, but that accessibility ranges for everybody. So it's hard. Um, but I just want to make an impact on people. And, you know, like where I work right now, I work basically in like glorified customer service. Sure. So every day I get a chance to kind of like shift somebody's day if they're having a bad day. I can make yeah. it better. Which is like, Every interaction uh, is an opportunity. Yeah, it's meaningful, yeah. which is fantastic. But that's not the scope of what I want to do. Yeah. You know, if and even if it's not... Even if it's not through my music, if I am able to, to work for somebody and go on tour and, you know, see new places and meet new Be people. Be part of it, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I just want something bigger than myself. Yeah. And I think music and the band is kind of my best avenue for that because I'm not really good at anything else, you know, so. Sure. Um, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at, but 
I don't know. I wanted to go into teaching, and I didn't get into teacher's college. So mm. that uh, <laughs> I got to put a kibosh on that for now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm at a, a weird crossroads in my life because, like, for for 20 years, you have, like, a schedule. Sure. You know, you do grade school, then high school. If yeah. you choose to do post-secondary, you do that. And then it's supposed to be, like, after post-secondary, it's this. You have a new plan. You have a new. And I don't. No. I don't have a plan, know. you yeah. know. Um, but I'm okay with that because, you know, like I said, the door is open. If there's some sort of opportunity that comes along or if something cool pops up, I'm not tied down to anything else. You know, I've got a great job right now. Yeah. I have benefits. It pays me well. If I got a, like an opportunity to go on tour for six weeks, see ya. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not really a thought. Yeah. But, uh. I don't know. Like, what what is meaningful mean? Like, meaningful to me? I know, yeah, you're right. And and I mean, even to say when you say that you think you feel confident in your uh, trajectory in terms of not uh, of being a decent person and feeling like you're you know contributing goodness as opposed to these people who are not, we'll say, um, that's meaningful in its own regard, right? It's contributing to the bigger idea that yeah, we're not we're not the most important thing in the world, uh, so to speak. Um, and that, you know, kindness and generosity and stuff is is kind of the – that's what I think is meaningful at least. But um, I think so too. Yeah, spreading um, that kind of – Well, I guess in, in, in that sense then, yeah, because, you know, yeah. like I go out of my way to be nice to people. And, yeah. And I tip well at restaurants <laughs> everybody should. Yes, um, and there you go, meaningful, just yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's talk about – the band uh, right now, so Riverside Drive. Yes. Uh, Great band. Mi- Mix 96 alumni, Riverside hey. Drive. Played twice, <laughs> uh-huh. and that was it. Hey, lots more opportunity, man. <laughs> we're always here. It's a um, local radio sport. Well, I appreciate it. You and Jay were very, very nice to us when it was our turn to be the homegrown hit. So. Don't worry. there's the, uh, It's always there. The, the whole point is that it's there. So when new stuff comes out, send it our way. That rocks. Or we're trying to be in your network, man. So anyway, um, the band, do you have any shows coming up? Do you have any releases you want to talk about? Is there Where can people find you? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can find us everywhere. So depending on when this comes out, we have a show this Sunday. It's going to be after that. Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> never mind. Um, I'm sure we'll be back in Windsor in September. I think we have a show kind of lined up for that. We just put out our first EP. It's called Better Days, and you can find it on any streaming platform, mm-hmm. even YouTube. Uh, yeah. Just look up Riverside Drive. We'll link it. We'll link it. Be- Better Days. Mm-hmm. Link it. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on all the social medias. On Facebook, you can just look up Riverside Drive, the band, because they don't like if you have just like a geographic location I know. as your name, Yeah. which is stupid, because mm-hmm. I'm like, now I look like an idiot because it's <laughs> Riverside Drive, the band. Yeah. But uh, I kind of use you that. You have to, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I use that for our instagram and twitter so you can find us on those at rsd the band mm-hmm. and uh if you like what you hear hit us with a follow and maybe send us a dollar so that we can buy another <laughs> delicious meal of zoodles hey hey, hey. <laughs> yeah it's really that's meaningful <laughs> that's meaningful i would say all right and you personally where can people find you uh again on the social medias <laughs> i am on the facebook <laughs> Actually, no, leave me alone on Facebook. I don't want... I was going to say, I feel like I see you on Facebook, uh, I don't want to say arguing, but uh, yeah, that's, interacting That's often. all I do on Facebook is argue with people. Yeah, so don't add them. Don't add them. Um, I'm an antagonist on Facebook. Um, but I am on Instagram at notjoshlow. Yes, right, and, right. And I'm on Twitter at notjoshlow because I'm really clever. 
It's okay. If it makes you feel better, the longest time my uh, Twitter handle from 2012 to probably like 2018 was Tori Makes Noise. And then I changed it to Tori Rubers, and now I want to put it back to Tori Makes Noise because I'm this one, what I'm doing. You are literally professionally making noise. I manifested that shit via Twitter handles. Incredible. Yeah. Um, And I'm much more reasonable on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Just, I I don't know, something about Facebook, like, and the demographic of it. Oh, my God. I think it's so funny. Yeah. The way it has shifted. It's like the way Twitter has shifted, you know? Like, Twitter used to be, like, one, it used to be, like, just, like, dramatic kind of like ominous subtweets and then it was like news and then now it's like the most dark fucking humor in the world and i'm so glad i stuck around dude yeah now facebook is just like a bunch of like boomers being like fuck trudeau i know but then it's also like there's people our age who are on facebook now who are now fighting with the fuck or the the whomevers and um but also like half networking like professionally but then like half like sharing fucking engagements i know that's the most like like, dangerous line i'm trying to balance because i'm on facebook calling people like dipshit <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, also listen to my band. But do you remember, were you aware of when Car Spotters tried to cancel us? Oh, God, who knows? You, okay. I'm not, so I have been in Car Spotters on two separate occasions, and both times I was there in there for a day. And yeah. I got way too toxic. So, so. <laughs> toxic space. I don't care what anybody says, Windsor Car Spotters is a, is not a good place to be. No, 100%. If you, we're talking about the, you know, lexicon of Facebook, we're going to say yeah. that. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's like bottom of the barrel. Yes. Um anyway, agreed. they they became upset with me because of something I said. No, oh, of course. And shocking. They, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they screenshotted it and posted it in the group and it was about the time that uh 101 was playing a cover of Blinding Lights. Okay. And they they were like, "Oh, everybody tag the riff and tell them not to play this." And they're tagging them <laughs> in like a private group where the riff can't see it. So I'm like loving everybody's You're comments kidding. and I'm like like and dude, we got like a thousand streams. In like a day, just from Windsor Car Spot. Any fucking publicity is good publicity. Trying to talk shit. And then like, it was so funny because people would be like, your band fucking sucks. And then they'd actually listen to it and they'd be like, your cover of Blind and Lights is pretty good. This is what I mean. Why why hate somebody that you don't know when you could, oh, it's so funny. It's so, it just turns around to bite you in the ass. So don't do it. Oh, that's so funny. Just be nice to people. That's so funny. I have a very love-hate relationship with Facebook as well because I can only, like not that I can only say so much because I can very much share my opinions on certain things on my own Facebook and my own Instagram. But at the end of the day, I know that I am a representative for a bigger media outlet. And it's already being in media is a touchy thing. So mm-hmm. I understand it. And that's why I like the podcast because I can say abortion rights are human rights. It does not fucking matter. Absolutely. I don't give a fuck and that kind of stuff. So that's great. Um, and I'm very lucky. I feel very blessed. So Well, we yeah. are blessed that you started a podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've had support from like a good group of people since before it even came out. You included. That's why I'm, I'm so happy to have everybody here now because this has all come to fruition because of the support. I think the very first time we hung out, you mentioned you wanted to do a <laughs> podcast and that was like years ago. Yeah, I know. And I've been talking about this for a good like five, six years. And here we are. Here we are. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Not me. Not me. All right. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, stream Better Days by Riverside Drive. All right. And if you're interested in what I have to say, follow yeah. me on Twitter. And you know what? We're going to be, I'm going to play, you know, a song after yeah. this and uh, throughout the episode. So I'm sure people will get a listen and be like, oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Sick. Oh, fuck yeah. Love that. Yeah. All right. All, all right. right. If you stuck around to the end, thank you as always. I will see you in two weeks on uh, what, July 27th with hopefully a much more clear voice. But, you know, we'll see y'all. We'll see. Bye.